Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Simeon Cohen and today we will be studying Masachet Sachin Daf Kuf Zayin, page 107. Building off the discussion from yesterday's Daf, today's Daf opens with the discussion regarding whether or not one may recite Kiddush if one has tasted food before one has recited Kiddush. The Daf opens with the Rabbah's Halachic willing on this question. Amar Rabbah, Hilchata, Tam Mekadesh, the Tam Mabio. Rabbah said, the halacha is that one who has tasted food before Kiddush may recite Kiddush, and one who has tasted food before Havdalah may recite Havdalah. The halachic ruling continues, Umi shalo Kiddush ve'erev Shabbat, mekadesh ve'halach kol hayom kulo ad motei Shabbat. One who did not recite Kiddush on Erev Shabbat on Friday night may recite Kiddush any time during the entire duration of Shabbat until the conclusion of Shabbat. And one who did not recite Havdalah at the conclusion of Shabbat may recite Havdalah any time during the next week. The Gemara goes on to tell us how a Memar, an Amorite sage, conveyed Rabbah's teaching. He essentially conveyed it in the same way, with the exception that one who did not recite Havdalah at the conclusion of Shabbat doesn't have the entire week to recite Havdalah, but rather he must recite it by Sunday, no later. One, he has one day after the conclusion of Shabbat not a whole week, which is a divergence from a rabbi's ruling. We now get to a very interesting story, which deals with the merits of saying Kiddush Havdalah over a different substance that isn't wine, in this case, beer. The Gemara relates that Marianoka and Markashisha, both sons of Rabchista, once said to Rav Ashi, Zina, once, a Memar happened to come to our place, and we did not have enough wine for Havdalah. So, instead, we brought him beer, Shikra, and unfortunately, Lo'avdiya. He did not recite Havdalah. In fact, a Memar spent the entire night fasting, as he didn't feel that reciting Havdalah over beer was legitimate, and of course he can't eat before reciting Havdalah, so he didn't eat. The next day, though, Marianoka and Mark Patricia went out of their way to find wine for him And the Gemara says they brought him chama, they brought him wine. The Avdiyo Uta'imni day. And he made Abdallah and then he ate some food. He ate some food. The Gemara goes on to tell us that the next year, Amemar comes back to their place for Shabbat. And again, they don't have wine to give him. So, what do they do? Once again, they serve him beer. It's a bit strange as they knew from the prior year that Amemar wouldn't make Abdallah on beer, but they don't have any other options, so that's what they do. So on two separate occasions, Amemar spent Shabbat with Marianoka and Martha Shisha, and on neither occasion was the wine available for Habdala. Amemar, being the rational person he is, recognizes that it's probably pretty difficult to get wine where Marianoka and Martha Shisha are from. So he says, Ihachi Khamar Medinahu, Azil Utain Nide. He said, if so, 
Ihachi, if it's so difficult to obtain wine in your place where you are, beer, shika, becomes the Hamar Medina, becomes the wine of the province. In other words, if wine is very difficult to obtain, then it's legitimate, it's acceptable to use a substitute like beer as a stand-in. This issue of Hamar Medina, the wine of the province of the region, is very interesting. It's discussed by many of the Rishonim, as well as later Halachic codifiers. Including Yosef Karo in his highly influential and significant Halachic compendium, the Shulchan Aruch. According to Karo, in the Orachaim section of the Shulchan Aruch, it is in fact halachically acceptable to recite Havdalah over a substitute for wine, such as beer, but there are limits to this halachic ruling. For example, one may not recite Havdalah over bread, according to Karo. The substitute has to be a liquid substance, like beer. Some authorities rule that one may also recite Kiddush for Shabbat over the Chamar Medina. Still others rule that if there is no wine available, Kiddush should actually be recited over bread. In fact, the Rosh maintains that at night, at night on Erev Shabbat, one should recite Kiddush over bread, and during the day, one should recite Kiddush over wine or Hamar Medina. The story about a Memar here is a good example of rabbinic leniency and open-mindedness. It's clear that the ideal is to recite Kiddush or Havdalah over wine. In fact, wine is the ideal drink for most, if not all, ritual ceremonies. Wine has extensive biblical precedent, as it was used by the Levites in the temple for libation ceremonies. Therefore, it remains the beverage of choice for ritual purposes. Our daf presents us with the scenario in which a Maymar, who seems to be a relatively conservative Amora, is put in a situation where it's not possible to recite Havdalah over wine. So, instead of not saying Havdalah at all and fasting, as he did in his first visit to Marianoka and Markashisha, he actually deems beer to be the equivalent of wine for ritual purposes in this circumstance, and, no pun intended, a Maymar goes with the flow. This is one of the things I love about Rabbinic Judaism. Presented with a situation in which it seems impossible to fulfill a mitzvah, a Maymar actually uses creativity and his willingness to be flexible to ensure that the mitzvah is indeed fulfilled. The discussion then moves to which type of beer exactly is it acceptable to say Kiddush and Havdalah over. It seems clear that it is acceptable to say Kiddush and Havdalah over barley beer or fig beer, but is it acceptable to say these things over date beer? So here I'll just say a little bit about the beer culture in ancient Babylonia. Barley beer and fig beer were a bit more expensive, so they weren't necessarily the drink of the common man. However, there were no shortage of dates in ancient Babylonia, so date beer became very common, was relatively inexpensive, and became the drink of the common man. That's, that's what the common man drank. I imagine barley beer and fig beer as being somewhat analogous to a high-level IPA produced at a highly regarded microbrewery, while date beer is more on the level of Budweiser. Therefore, due to the fact that barley and fig beer were considered to be at a bit of a higher level, they constituted acceptable substitutes for wine, while date beer did not. It would sort of be like today, saying that it's acceptable to say Kiddush over something from a microbrewery in Colorado, but it's not acceptable to say Kiddush over a can of Budweiser. After a long discussion about the merits of date beer as opposed to other types of beer, the Gemara says, Savurmina. One can understand or derive from this discussion that it is Kiddush that one may not recite over date beer, but one may actually recite Havdalah over date beer. But Rav Chista objects to this view. 
אמר לו רב חיסדא, הכי אמר רב, כשם שאין מקדשין עליו, כך אין מבדילין עליו. רב חיסדא said that רב said the following, just as one may not recite kiddush over date beer, so too may one also not recite havdalah over date beer. For Rav Chista and Rav, what isn't good for Gidush is also not good for Havdalah. There, there isn't a substantive difference between the two. The standard for one should be the standard applied to the other. The Gemara goes on to tell another interesting story about a time when Levi sent Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi a beer that had received 13 soakings, and I'll explain what that means in a minute. Levi Shdarlele Rabbi Shikra Bar Tlesar Megane. Levi sent Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi a beer that had been soaked 13 times, received 13 soakings. Now this is date beer we're discussing here, so what this means is that 13 batches of dates had been soaked in water until the water had thoroughly absorbed the taste of the dates. And a beer that underwent this extensive of a process was considered a very high quality beer, despite the fact that it was date beer as opposed to fig beer or barley beer. The beer was particularly pleasing to Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. As the Gemara recounts, Tame hava basim tuva amar kegonze re'ui lakadesh alav velamar alav kol shirot v'tushpachot shabaolam. Rabbi Yehuda Nasi tasted the beer and it was especially pleasant. He said, a beer like this is fit to recite Kiddush over and to say upon it all the songs and praises in the world. For Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi, this beer was as good, if not better, than wine. Unfortunately, it seems that Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi enjoyed this beer so much that he had a bit too much of it. Balela Tsaare. That night, the beer caused him pain. Maybe he was sick from the beer. It wasn't a hangover because it wasn't the next morning, but uh, the beer didn't agree with him that night. It, it made him sick. Amar, Meyasran Mephayim. He said of beer, Beer pains on the one hand and soothes on the other. The Gemara then goes on to recount that due to the potential negative effects and discomfort that can be caused by beer, it's actually ideal to recite Kiddush over wine and reciting Kiddush over beer by a number of people, particularly Rav Yosef and Rava, is very much frowned upon and looked down upon. In fact, Rav Yosef even takes a public vow to not drink beer. As the Gemara says, Amar Rav Yosef, I will vow publicly that I will not drink beer. So he's very much opposed to this. Rava goes so far as to say that he would actually rather drink the water used for the soaking of flax than drink beer. Amar Rava, Judaism clearly has a complicated relationship with alcohol as is exemplified by Ardaf, and is even more famously exemplified by the Adlo Yada story on Megillah 7b, which deals with both the mitzvah to become excessively inebriated on Purim, and the ramifications of doing so. Here, I think Rav Yosef and Rava have gone to a bit of an extreme. As Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi points out in Ardaf, beer in particular, and alcohol in general, has the potential to both pain and soothe. I think this idea can be expanded to any potential relaxant, which can become a vice, be it alcohol or food or Facebook. On the one hand, these things have great soothing power. They can relax us, they can be a source of pleasure, they can make us feel good. 
On the other hand, if taken in, in excess, these things can become harmful, painful, and potentially even dangerous. Yehuda Nasi recognized the fact that there are both positive and negative implications to drinking beer. I think he would probably agree with Aristotle and Maimonides on how these types of things should be approached. Both Aristotle and Rambam stress that it is always best to pursue the golden mean or the shvila zahav in life. One shouldn't approach life from either extreme end of the spectrum, either total abstention or total indulgence. Both Rambam and Aristotle would repudiate either of those approaches. They likely wouldn't condone swearing off beer permanently like Rav Yosef or Rava do on Ardas. That, to them, would probably seem extreme. Rather, I would imagine that they would argue that, like everything else in life, beer needs to be, be approached from a perspective of moderation. One should have a level-headed, moderate approach to the consumption of beer and alcohol in general. If one takes the rational, middle-road approach to alcohol consumption, it will not cause pain, and thus swearing it off, like Rav Yosef and Rava do, will not become necessary. Thank you for studying with me today, and I hope you join me again tomorrow for Psachim 108. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.